0: Here at The Regenerative Journey, we know that good health is related to good food and good practices, but understand that sometimes the right food choices are quite hard to put into place. But our good buddy, Cindy O'Meara at the Nutrition Academy is helping people break old habits to create a much healthier lifestyle. So in support of what she's doing, we're offering a $100 discount to all our listeners. Simply enroll in their functional nutrition course and enter the coupon CHARLIE100, that's CHARLIE100, the Nutrition Academy. Say goodbye to old food habits and hello to a much healthier, happier life.
1: I just think you lose all your innocence about that. And you do think, um, I don't know how long I'm here for. So you are, it's, you're, you're kind of broken in a way. You're not innocent anymore. You do
2: think, I, I don't know how much, I'm, how much time I'll be here for. That was Amelia Nolan, and you're listening to The Regenerative Journey. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and internationally and their continuing connection to country, culture, community, land, sea and sky. And we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging.
0: G'day, I'm your host Charlie Arnott, an eighth-generational Australian regenerative farmer. And in this podcast series, I'll be diving deep and exploring my guests' unique perspectives on the world so you can apply their experience and knowledge to cultivate your own transition to a more regenerative way of life.
2: Welcome to The Regenerative Journey with your host, Charlie Arnott.
0: quick plug for our workshops coming up in December. Uh, the first one is at, at the farm at Byron Bay in the northern uh, rivers of New South Wales on the 2nd and 3rd of December. And then our next one is the next week, 7th and 8th of December at the at Hanamino here at Boorawa in the southwest slopes of New South Wales. It's our two-day introduction to biodynamics course. Uh, theory in the morning, crack in the afternoon. It's two days. Jump on charliearnott.com.au, the events page there, to book your tickets. Sneak these workshops in before the end of the year, before the festive season, and uh, hope to see you there. G'day. This week's episode is with Amelia Nolan. I sat here, we sat here, on the veranda of the cottage at Alkina Wine Estate in the Brossa. It's the afternoon of day two of our uh, one of our two-day Introduction to Biodynamics courses. With We ran here, and Amelia, and Dan, and Tim, and Johnny kindly... Um, hosted that for us. We chatted about, Amelia and I chatted about, um, her life, her, you know, um, her country upbringing, um, moving to the UK, her interest in wine and, and uh, that industry, and then coming back to Australia, um, to make wine herself. Um, we talked about the, the really unique way that she and her team are identifying soil and rock and, um, and 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 really doing a wonderful job of 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 um emphasising the terroir, which is a, which is a word used often in in wine circles to um to sort of explain the how wine can reflect the 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 landscape. But these guys have taken it to another limit, and. What was wonderful, if I can get my little text here right, the soil and rock informs the texture and taste, and they are doing that in spades. It was a wonderful couple of days I'd had here, fantastic chat with Amelia, and, uh, look, I hope you uh, enjoy this interview as much as I did uh, with Amelia Nolan. It's a big shadow too. It is okay. It's long. Amelia, we're on. We've been recording your giggles. Oh, Um, (coughs) we uh, welcome uh, Amelia Nolan to the Regenerative Journey podcast. We're sitting here at um, Alkina Wine Estate in the wonderful Barossa Valley. Um, I've been here a few days now, doing a couple of things, which are not as important as what you're going to tell me in the next little while. Um, welcome to your to the veranda of the cottage here at Alkena, Amelia.
1: Thank you, Charlie. Well, it's lovely to be here with you. Um, it's not an overly warm experience, but uh, it's, it's a bit fun. fresh. It's it's very nice to be here, and the sun is setting in the west, as we would expect. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, uh, imagine if it was setting in the east. It would, Whoa, it'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. It'd be different.
0: Yeah we'd, yeah, we'd have some explaining to do.
1: Yep, we'd be somewhere else.
0: So tell me, talking about somewhere else, I want to talk about where we are. Yes. we're looking. We are looking. Looking to the west, the sun is setting. We're looking at some beautiful vines. Uh, we are in a vineyard, and um, we're also looking at the wonderful, um, very old. Well, uh, nineteen
1: fifties.
0: Nineteen fifties, is yeah. it? Yeah, I thought it was a bit old than it?
1: No. Is it? No. Oh.
0: Anyway, it looks old. Yeah. I've been in I there mean, for a few days now. It's a, I love it.
1: It's, it's it's old enough. It's older than me. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> Is it? Just Well, know. that wouldn't be hard.
1: <laughs> well, um, no, 1950s we think, we believe mm. that that vineyard out there was planted um, by Les Koleski, mm. one of the old... Um, Grenock families, pioneers of this area. The Koleskis? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> uh, there are many of them and they, um, one of the arms, um, actually the first family to settle here was the Schultz family, which is a fairly common name.
0: So so Marcus, who was at the course? Oh, uh, he he, well, Schultz
1: is like Smith.
0: Yeah, in the so German, in the German world. world. So for those who <laughs> do not familiar with the Brossa Valley, um, predominantly settled by Germans? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how far back?
1: Oh, eighteen thirties to eighteen fifties. Yeah, a fair while ago. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> they've been here a while.
1: They've been they've been multi generational, um, mm-hmm. consistent people here. But there's a there's a deep tradition, um, because of it, because of those many generations of German people, um, from that time of settlement. Obviously, there were um, uh, uh, people here before that. Which we're very aware of, um, mm. and for for thousands and thousands of years,
0: we'll get we'll, we'll get to that. Yes, I wanna, I wanna touch absolutely. On that. Yeah. So, um, Koleski family grew. I knew they've been here for a while, but I didn't realize they <coughs> may have planted some of those. Some yeah. of those vines there. That's, that's yes. That's cool.
1: Yep. Les and his wife Laura planted them, mm. and um, uh, their daughter uh, did tell me that Peter Lehman, the famous. Winemaker from this area was very much in love with the vines on that ridge that you can see through there, and he used to come nice. out here every year and inspect them. and Laura would make him an apple cake, a very special apple cake, and that he would it. inspect the vines and he would take the fruit oh. every year. Loved them.
0: I love the culture involved in <clears throat> in winemaking and grape growing. It's just a, which again we'll we'll probably touch on, but it's um, no doubt part of your story. So tell me, um, yeah. Amelia, you we're here. Why, why are we here? Why are you here and you know and, and you've sort of started to explain what we're looking at what, what's the mm. significance of what we're looking at to you?
1: Um, I suppose being here is the um, is the point that I'm at with my um, journey um, so far in the wine world and in life um, and um, it's been I suppose uh, 30 years now. In the wine business, um, and also as a as a country Australian, I'm I'm looking out and thinking I I started my life um, in a, just out of a small country town in the southeast called Narracourt. Um I was born um, uh, into a sheep farming family and uh, uh, on a farm that my great grandfather established, and so. Um, Dad was third generation sheep farmer down there, but he wasn't that mad about sheep. So
0: he actually
1: didn't like them at all, I don't think.
0: But he is a sheep farmer.
1: No, no, he changed he to changed. small seed cropping originally, oh, yeah. yeah, uh, Lucerne, and then went to grapevines um, at about the time that I started working in the industry, which was – Early 90s when Australia was at the point of really beginning that incredible wave of export success. Um, so I went to Roseworthy. Which wine
0: is exporting. Wine exporting,
1: yeah. 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 Big companies um, making good, consistent uh, branded products of wine. So the big brands like Jacobs Creek and Hardy's, who I worked for, um, were just beginning to expand into international markets and we were seeing Australian wine on the shelves of British supermarkets and American supermarkets at reasonable prices and people were – it was the flavour of the month for a few, for a while.
0: So the world was discovering Australian wine.
1: It was, yeah, and it was a very exciting time to enter the industry actually because it was – and I only I I got a job working specifically in what was called the export department of Hardee's. and as a as a sort of twenty three twenty four year old, you know we weren't we weren't particularly paid much, but we were given the opportunity to travel all over the world to meet with just a vast number of people in different roles within the wine and hospitality and retail. Industry and it was it was an extraordinary period of time and it was a great university. Um, so that's that's sort of where I started that. Um, but it, uh, you know, ha- happy country childhood, which was mm. great, and didn't really know what to do after school. And Dad said, "Oh, why don't you get into the wine industry because that's sort of interesting." And he was getting into grapes, so I did that and. Um, yeah, it was, it was a fascinating. I worked for Hardee's during my 20s here but travelling constantly around the world.
0: When you were working with them. You're we're, with Hardee's, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and really developing. Um, I was working in the, in the big branded side of wine. Um, and I really, really wanted to, to not be in Australia for my whole life. I had this real yearning and um this calling to to live overseas um and it took me a while to convince them to let me go <laughs> but i they someone in the you know uk office went on maternity leave um and they said oh, all right well, you can go but you've got to be back in 6 months so i said right. still
0: working for them but just still working for but, them. But, but based over there yeah them.
1: yeah um and that and that was that was great so um I also met a guy who in England who uh was you know I mean he was living in France but that was kind of close to England so it seemed like a um you know kind of multiple benefits Is this the in guy this? I met
0: the other day? Yeah. Moment. Yeah, it's Just, it's just it checking, is. checking you weren't talking about some old boyfriend <laughs> no, that then, no. you know, you then broke up with and then...
1: No, you know, I probably okay, would have bleep. left that one out of it, but uh, um,
0: <laughs> we I can, can go, go there, there if you like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could be, How it much could does be Russell know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty much everything. <laughs> I haven't told him, but... <laughs>
0: Well, oh, this is Others this is the, this is the forum to do it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he won't listen to this. I'll never know. <laughs> I bet he
1: does. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, where was I? You've uh,
0: yeah, you got off. to England. Yeah, got to you England. Spotted um, this
1: tw- yeah, at the age of twenty-eight, which is Hamish has explained to us, yeah. as the time of change in some many people's lives. Uh jumped on a plane um, and um, headed over there, and. I yeah, with a, with one bag and I got back eleven years later with a lot more than one bag. Mm. Um, a lot of baggage. <laughs> no. no.
2: Russell's Russell. got baggage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's a good cook. He is. He's very good. He's very good. Nice bike.
1: Yeah. Um so fascinating opportunity. I I think what why it was so incredible for me to get to London and start working was that I realised um, very quickly how crap I was at my job, at business. Um, you know, it's a very cosy environment working out of a nice office in a vineyard south of Adelaide and travelling around the world and sort of telling people what to do at the age of ripe old age of 26. But when you get into one of what is was essentially a regional office, um, I had to go out and actually start selling the wine to mm. hard-ass customers like Tesco and Sainsbury's. And I had to, I, I had to work out very quickly that, um, you know, a bit of Aussie charm and um, charisma really wasn't going to cut it with these people. They just didn't care and that the accent was really not that interesting because there'd been so many Aussies in England, for Mm -hmm. in London for so many decades that it just wasn't interesting and it wasn't a point of difference. Um.
0: So was that a bit of a rude shock then? You you thought you were going to just nail it.
1: I thought I was going to nail it completely and actually just um, found myself way further down the organisational chart than I'd actually thought I was going to be. And it was the best thing that ever happened because I actually learnt how to take notice of people in business who were, who were good at it and um, start, to, start to understand how to um, function and, and, and present myself and interact with um, big customers, write um, detailed plans, uh, start to get, you know, get my head around actually what, a, what business strategy looks like. At the professional end of it, um, and it was a really it was a really interesting time. It wasn't easy, um, and then and then a big American company came along and bought the Australian company I was working for. Uh, and so that,
0: so it wasn't Hardee's over there. Was so it,
1: Constellation, who, were a okay. bi- who are a big American drinks company, yep. came along and bought Hardee's, um, and we were absorbed into that, uh, which was um, again <laughs> I, I fell even further. Down the organizational chart, <laughs> um,
0: you're a, you're a smaller fish in a bigger pond.
1: Yeah, I was, and that was that was interesting. And of course, you know, you go through these huge corporate restructures, and they take months and months, and no one knows what they're doing. But it was all really worthwhile. Um, and and I stayed around and did that for another couple of years, um, and then I was. Um, then i was I was asked by a British company that a wine distributor that I was really respected over there to go and run a joint venture company that they had with uh, an Argentinian family owned company very well respected, and it was a brand it was running this joint venture company owned by these two companies, and it was a brand that I'd long admired and so. I made that change in two thousand and six, and it was um, that was that was interesting, really interesting, um, and it sort of led to where I am now. Um,
0: what was the, what was interesting about that?
1: Well, it was an interesting time because I got to work for people who were brilliant, really brilliant. Like this was next level up from where I'd been, and they owned the company and they made um, I, I, they made me. Think even more in a, in a huge, big picture way, and and again, I was travelling a lot still um, down to South America, and I got to I got to understand and experience South American way of doing things, which was very different to my Anglo Australian way that I've been brought up with. And it, it took, I suppose, a, it's it's it took a time to adjust to how that works. But you have to fit in with with that, um, and that's been it's been a really interesting. I, I don't speak Spanish, um, but it has been a really interesting process for me to work with South American people over these last fifteen years.
0: So tell me about the the. the the differences, or the what are the considerations, or the is it is it about the language? Obviously, different language, but in the way you use the language, is it the etiquette? Is it the sort of the attitude? Yeah, look, I
1: think there's there's all of that. What what I think is always interesting is the time that it takes to make. It does take, it takes sometimes longer to make decisions, um, but what I've found is that actually we often rush. Decisions. So they're probably and then, yeah, and, then, okay, and, then, and, and and we end up making fast decisions. And I think, in some ways, what I really appreciate about that culture is that there's there's sometimes a bit more time. Um. So, but I was still working for an for, for an English company, and, and I learned a lot from from some very clever people. Um, my boss in particular was someone who's been in the, in the British company who was has been enormously. Influential in the way I see things still, um, and he he really he really taught me how to think about business. And I think I grew up in those years in England. Um, I also I, I i had a i had a fairly serious health issue mm. um, when in the middle of all of that, which was a was is is relevant really to mention because I I think it's it's informed quite a lot of my. Views on things now and the regenerative side of things and the health side of things um
0: Do you, can we go into that or, yeah, or I mean, it, yeah. of course yeah no, <clears because I> mean, <throat> that, that's a that is not an uncommon thing that I've no. found is that people's journeys are often informed, and you know those those turning points are the result of um you know ill health or or some or some you know yeah fairly yeah. big uh, tension event you know yes was, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, it was actually right at the start of when I just cha- moved from um, the Constellation Company to Bibendum. so it was a, it was quite a big test, I think, on, on the new employer in a way. Mm. Um, but uh, no, I had a I I had a um, rare ovarian cancer. Um, I was thirty three, mm. and um, I, it happened when we were in Paris one weekend. Um, it sort of, uh, it, you know. A lot of pain, and and then and then and then of course a lot of back in London, and a lot of tests and trying to work out what what was going on, and 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 surgery, and and then waiting for results, and and then um, um, unfortunately uh, three months of uh, chemo, mm. which was probably that, that was the hardest part of it all because it was a fairly um, it was it was it was a curable cancer. It's not the same as the ovarian cancer that is is what older women get, although mm. some women, younger women do as well. It's a slightly different histology. Um, it is it was curable, but the chemo was brutal. So I and I just didn't hadn't filled out my private health insurance paperwork, oh. and so for the first time in my life. Ever. I didn't have private health insurance. <laughs> mm. So I spent these three months in and out of, thankfully, it was very close to where we live, but a very tough mm. London cancer ward. Um, and I, I, I think that was more, had more impact on me than the cancer itself. Um, it was getting ill and then, and, and you know, losing your hair and, and, and half your body weight, which, you know, um, it, it just being so ill. And and so much time to think about one's own mortality, mm. and and so it was. It was a, it was a tough time. Um,
0: and time off work.
1: Yeah, only the uh, look. Only the time that I had to have the treatment. Mm. I kind of got back straight back into it as soon as that was finished, and I did try and work uh, through it quite a bit. It was sort of my sanity, mm. and it was a new job and um but um were amazing to me um and and you know you always remember these things Um, and and but i think what as soon as i was as soon as i was finished the treatment i just i sort of said right well i'm well again and i'm i'm out of here i'm and i did start traveling and and working in a in a fairly crazy way like as if i was running out of time or something I don't know. But you do. Mm-hmm. Everyone responds differently to these situations.
0: Well, did you, I mean, was the, your, your mortality you reflected on, as you said, you know, did that, would you, was that a catalyst for, like, you know, I could go tomorrow? I nearly did. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, it was, the yeah, time was ticking. What, 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 was, what were you thinking differently or doing differently?
1: I just think you lose all your innocence about that. And you do think, I'm, I don't know how long I'm here for. So you are—it's you're—you're kind of broken in a way. You're not innocent anymore. You do think I—I I don't know how much, I'm, how much time I'll be here for. So I do. I think you—you you, you know how you how you react to these situations is often, um, often unravels over time, and, um, and you you eventually and I don't even think about this but it, it really anymore, but if we look back, I sort of have to include it in the discussion because it, is, it, it, it did form what happened. I think it did sort of impact on what happened to me afterwards and I, I knew I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. I wanted to do something that would be, would be interesting and, um, and fascinating and also that I thought would, would make a contribution to the I suppose the well-being of of an industry, the wellbeing of of um, of a place um, and, and that I, I didn't I, I sort of could see that down the track I wanted to work on a different part of the wine business than perhaps where I'd come from, which was much more um, I suppose FMCG sort of you know, Retail fast.
0: What's FM? Sorry, uh, FM. sorry. Fast moving consumable goods. Yeah, right.
1: So there's so the wine industry really is. You could split it in two parts. It's a, it's it's a, you've got um, branded wines that you'll see in supermarkets, mm-hmm. um, and that's primarily where I'd been. And, uh, and and it was, gr- I mean, huge learning experience. We need those wines that the industry is, there's a huge, you know, many, many jobs and, and around the world dependent on that. Um, but then there's this other end of the wine business, which is um, fine wine and um, more crafted, more artisanal, more um, intellectual wines, I suppose. And, mm. I, and, and I think that I wanted to get to that place Eventually, it took a while, and I, I needed to work through what I was working on at the time. But um, I did eventually. We did eventually get to the point where we wanted to move back to Australia. So that was going to initiate a, a whole set of changes. And that was after I had, after I had our first child in London. Um, George was born in end of two thousand and ten, and there and and we were there until i was pregnant again with ned and i knew that i needed to come home to to raise my family in in, back in my own country and i also just needed some sunshine (laughs) i just i just we had 11 years yeah Yeah. and there were six really really lame summers and i needed to
0: (laughs) do they ever have any good ones
1: (laughs) they they actually do and you know london on a on a on a on a good summer's day is like nowhere else on earth. Um, but they only happen about once a year.
0: Just back to the, <clears throat> I guess, that catalyst, And um, was that a good thing when you look back? Not, not good as in fun but good as in, you know, if that had not happened, oh yeah, your life trajectory would have been no doubt different.
1: Yeah, I think. I, I, look, I think it's a, I look back on it as a very positive um, experience. Ultimately, I mean, I'm still here, um, mm. and I do. I do think it was something that was meant to happen, and um, that was would would serve me well in the future. And um, I think it's yeah, it, it, it was completely what was meant to be for me.
0: Well, Hamish, <coughs> for those if I hadn't mentioned it before. We, Hamish McCoy and I have just completed a two day introduction to biodynamics here at Alkina and and. Um, and Amelia and Dan and Tim and Johnny have kindly hosted the, the the two days, which we are most grateful for, and what a lovely venue to do it in, with a room full of mainly you know um, grape growers, winemakers, a few farmers, and a few um few gardeners. Hamish did mention that, didn't he? he? Mentioned that you know sickness and 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 um challenges in our life are often uh, not not even just. Yeah, good for us but sometimes we, they, they, we, we, not sure we make them happen to ourselves but they're sort of things that are potentially part of our fate or part of our journey which have a real, they're there for that catalytic change.
1: Yeah, I, he did and I was obviously listening with, with interest um, mm. and I completely understand it uh, and, and did understand what he was talking about. Uh, it made total sense to me. And I think there's no doubt, and and it was really interesting to hear that, you know, if if you don't listen the first time, maybe there's another <laughs> oh, message. Yeah. So I'm saying I it's was a little bit louder. I a little was bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> but you're right, though. You know, it's it gets back to say, I mean, I, I didn't say it at the time, but I was, you know, I was thinking about what's well, a seasonal flu? I've, you know, it's something that, you know, the flu. I mean, putting COVID and all that stuff behind beside, but. You know, that's the body going. You are overworked, overstressed. I'm going to hit you with something. that's going to put you on your ass, put you in the bed for a day, or yeah. put you on the couch because you need to rest. Because you're not you're not reading the subtle signs. So the signs and the and the the challenge that is put to us is much less subtle. And, yeah. and then we go, oh, yeah. actually, I can't even move. I need to go to bed. You know, these yeah. things are sort of all part of our our journey and our and and our the challenges that. Our body need, in some ways, to you know physically, but also mentally. Yeah. And clearly, your mental, your physical challenge was was a good thing for your mental stage. It
1: was. Um, I don't. I think they all. It also doesn't play out immediately afterwards. You know, you you sort of store it up a bit, and and you get on and and carry on, and you do whatever you are doing at that age and stage of your life. But it's sort of. It's just really with you in. That um, it, when, when the time comes, I think you do. You have more clarity about what direction you think you need to take. Um, and you've I, got do, a,
0: you've got a different filter, like a subconscious yeah, filter yeah. to, to run decisions through. Is it? Or yeah, I
1: think I think you do fork um, in the road. I, th- I think you you you, you procrastinate less. Mm. Perhaps you you make you make clearer. Um, decisions you have you have clarity. Perhaps, um, but I, I I and I think it took a while for what I for the sort of next steps to crystallise and and you you know you're not you're not in control so you you have to there's a bit of luck and timing and everything that comes into all these things. Mm. Um, and and I certainly feel I had I had both of those. For the next steps um, in moving back here and um, selling Argento, the company I was running to Alejandro Bulgaroni, who um, owns this property and who uh, I continued to work for when we got down here, and has um, has um, been, you know, put a, a place of extraordinary trust in me to develop something in the Barossa for him, and and it's just been um, an incredible six years of, of doing what we've done, of building the team here, of, um, you know, a lot of challenges, but I suppose learning how to farm without yeah, all of the support systems that conventional farmers have, um, learning how to make wine, learning how to make wines that are without... Um, some of the artefacts that people are dependent on to make wine that they think they have to make because the market wants it.
0: Artifacts. Uh, Is that a fancy word for yeah. additives? No, yeah, or sort of, yeah. yeah.
1: It's, a, it's a word that means oak and basically, well, new oak um, and mm. lots of, it's what I call the overtones in winemaking, so mm. all the things that, that you think are going to make you stand out, and you know uh, the winemaker has come along like a like a sort of hero and made this incredible wine, and and it was all his doing, and and then he put it in new oak, and it was all it's it's sort of all the fancy stuff. And what um, Alberto Antonini, who's uh, um, been an incredible guide to us here, what he has really taught me is. To have the confidence to do less, and that's been a key learning for me here. And he's—he's—that's really his, his, um, his words and he, the time that he spent here helping me and the team understand how to do less.
0: So he is uh, the winemaker? maker. Yeah, of, sorry, yeah, lo- lo- yeah. yeah. Um,
1: everyone starts <laughs> name starts with an A in this company. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, Alejandro's the owner and uh-huh. Alberto mm. is the there's the guy who oversees all of the winemaking for Alejandro's group of wineries yep. around the world. Um and he's based in Italy but he does come out here three times a year. And um he um he's he he, he doesn 't at the moment, obviously we do it over zoom, mm. but he 's been here from the beginning in in helping and guiding me and helping us with the kind of vision of what we want this place to create and he was I was talking about today um, he was the person who said you know dead soil makes dead wine mm. and that we need to when we, we if we want to make great wine, our, our vines have to be plugged into the earth because otherwise. With that, we won't get the energy and the, and the reflection of the rocks and the landscape in our wines, and that's that's been a huge learning process and um, a hugely rewarding as well. Because I think it's, you know, we we go back to the, that word over and over again of authenticity, and I think it's becoming a word that's it, it's a word that's becoming very important in this world, and I don't want to do anything anymore that's not authentic.
0: Um you mentioned just before the media that and it's 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 sort of really interesting to to hear it that you said that he he gave you confidence to do less yes, which is very mm. s- reflective of um you know I guess jumping to re- you know regenerative agriculture regenerative farming that sort of different way of farming the way um and David Marsh is someone who I always reference here, one of my mentors at borrow Grazier, he says you know it's often the things you do less of or stop doing. Have the most impact, you yeah. know. What yeah. what are what are some of the things that you you have and are not doing that maybe other wine makers and, and great growers are doing? What, what are some of those things that you've just, which sounds like a pretty cool thing? Yeah, like you actually do less and maybe more happens.
1: Well, I think it's. I think I think we're still we're still learning. You know, it's still a it's still a journey. But I think it's well, it certainly starts in the vineyard. I mean doing less in terms of less um, less herbiciding means I mean obviously we're organic and biodynamic certified. So we don't we don't we don't kill off and then um fill it up with artificial stuff. I mean that's a that's sort of baseline stuff. But when it comes to winemaking, it's having the confidence to bring bring the grapes in and um you know, we use a lot of whole bunch, so um, we just sort them on the sorting table. We get them into the the concrete tanks that you've seen up there, and we we didn't ever bring a commercial yeast product in, and that's in, into an into a winery that had never been used as a winery before. So, so this
0: was this is from so the last is from six the, years the
1: first vintage, which <clears throat> was two thousand and seventeen. Yep. So we didn't. We just we just made a little bucket of grapes, and you put a bit of hessian over the top, and eventually it starts to bubble away, and then you put that into another tank, and it just starts to.
0: That's the sort to, of the the original, the mother. The, is that the sort of the, the inoculant of like, or whatever. You yeah, want well, to call it. it's
1: the yeah, it's just wild yeast. Yep, that's come off the grapes and off the in, from the atmosphere. In the, in
0: the, yeah, yeah, cool.
1: So and it took a while, and I was sort of starting to think, oh, maybe we need to you know but it, it's somebody Gee, don't go to the food can get we some just, yeast and yeah can someone sell me a product here <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you'd never made one to this point well
1: I, look i i hadn't been as hands on but i've been in and around wineries yeah. here yeah. and in Mendoza and bordeaux and but not necessarily um,
0: responsible not for necessarily
1: for responsible mm-hmm. for the wine making so and alberto again just said to me you you know you'll be fine I said, but I haven't been. I haven't got a. I, right, I, haven't, I haven't got a wine qualification. Yeah. <laughs> he said, No, no, it's better if you don't. If you're not qualified, because then I don't have to unlearn you with mm. all that stuff. You can just, um, well, I mean, you know, you 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 have to be careful. You you have to be watching. Um,
0: there's, there's, I'm sure there, there are principles. Of
1: course, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it'd be foolish to ignore that. But we did. We did get off on this path of, 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 fermentation and then, and then you need to go through secondary fermentation and that, that's a more complicated process to get started. But again, didn't happen, didn't happen, but eventually we didn't have to inoculate with the, with a commercial product. Mm. We were able to just, um, it just got going, but it was, it was about doing, it was about waiting and being patient. Patience. Mm. and so as a result we've never brought those the commercial products that you would normally bring in to get things started in a in a new winery
0: what percentage of um wineries i don't know it varies from barossa to clare to or whatever would 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 be using roughly i've no idea you know like bringing in those those yeasts is it half is it Ninety percent is, a, I mean, generally, you know, most people are doing that. Oh,
1: most. Well, look, if you think that, I suppose, eighty percent of wine in Australia is made by by the big four players, um, which would all be commercial yeast, mm, and then, okay. and then it would be, I, 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 don't know the split, but it's a, uh, anyone who's doing artisanal, hand, made winemaking in in a facility that's new to winemaking, it might be someone's. Back shed or what, you know people make wine in lots of different places. That they, most of those people are trying to use wild yeast. Yeah, I know. Um, absolutely, where possible. But it's it can be more difficult to manage because it's 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 nature. It's wild. So it's wild, mm. and we mm. don't. It's not doesn't do what it was what it says on the back of the packet because there isn't one.
0: Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is great because it's again it's re- it's really reflective. Not I'm not surprised, but it's mm. reflective of. You know, I guess the courage and the trust and the and the doing less and the and the confidence required in you know growing food yeah. differently in a different way, which is much more in line with nature. That's what that's that's part of the process. Yeah. It's like I am not, I am not the I am not using a prescriptive um, recipe here. I sorry, is that Hamish over there? He's big rig.
1: Yeah, I think
0: it is. His he's new car. He's, he's been showing off his new car for days. It's,
1: it? it's quite smart. <laughs> Fun
0: <funnel all laughs> Um At least I know he's going to get to where he's supposed to be going now, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah, it's not a prescriptive th- th- thing. Which obviously, um, as you say, you know, the, the outcome of that is not um, a cookie cutter.
1: No, it's not. You don't. I mean, oh, no. it, it does crazy things to pH and mm. and. And and you were talking,
0: talking about the full moon the other day,
1: and and yeah, we do we notice that the the ferments, and that's a fairly common observation. Yeah, that okay. the, that, the fer, that a ferment ferments will go, um, pretty crazy in a full moon, um, but it, I, it's much more likely that that would happen if you've if your wild yeast
0: because it's more responsive. Because it's resp-
1: the, of course, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's
0: not, even does it isn't it? Isn't it? It's pretty cool. Even that wild yeast is more in touch with what's exactly. going up there than the stuff out of the without lab, without doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. And so is that <clears> – <throat> I imagine that that's, that adds to the complexity of flavour. Is that some, Is that fair to say? Yes. The oh. wildness or, or Look, the, or I the
1: think we would say it's it, it just makes sense because it matches up.
0: Mm, so that's what's sort of kind of supposed to happen.
1: If we want to make wines that taste of the place, that are really truly authentic wines of the place, we want – we want to, um, that, that we need to use the yeast that they've, they've grown with, that's mm, in there, that's mm. in there, on their patch of land. It just it's just sort of compa- makes the sense.
0: companion yeast.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it belongs. It
0: belongs. Which goes with, the, you know, the, I mean, again, biodynamics, you know, if one had cows on a vineyard, you'd use that cow manure because it's the biology. You'd, you're using the yeast. Yeah. You're using the grape mark, I imagine. We are. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, so we've, that's we've, going back. So that you're goes sort of back on. Yep. you're enhancing. Yep. What's already there.
1: Yeah. It all sort of belongs in this place, and mm. I think that's that's the point: is that we can, you can be, and and I think listening to Hamish over these last couple of days, you can be quite. You you need to look at your own farm for answers to lots of things. And build resilience. Um, so it's it sort of makes sense.
0: What did you see here? What what are there sort of some things that were off the, you know, you hadn't you came from a pretty clear you know, clean slate anyway. But were there other examples of things that you went, oh, I reckon we should try this or use that thing or, I don't know, other um, not so much ingredients but just other um, thinking or practices that, as a result of being open minded. And not feeling like you had to be in control of everything mm. th- th- that you've done here. Any other sort of?
1: Um, I think I think actually the, our use of um, of fermentation of white wine on skins has been a really interesting and, and not a very conforming um, thing that we've done here. Semion, which is the white. Uh, white variety grown in the Barossa and we've got these lovely old vines out there planted um, back in the 50s, We, I, I, I sort of thought let's, why don't we try and make these like a, a red wine um, and get, you know, people are looking for texture and and savouriness and I am always looking for that in white wine so I was partly driven by my own you know, my own tastes and preferences, I suppose. But, you know, Alberto, again, I asked him how to do it and he said, I don't know. <laughs> You're mad. <laughs> no, he said, just do it and then, you'll, so, then so, you'll work it out. So
0: what is that, fermenting on skin? So, yeah, so, so, so usually for the, for the you are the layman who just loves a good glass a good of... good shardy. Well, anything, just loves yeah. drinking wine, but doesn't know how it actually got it in the bottle.
1: Yeah. Well, normally with white wine, certainly... In most places around the world, uh, you will press the juice out straight away, and then you of, fir- a white, of a white of a, of grape. a white grape. So you bark. get you, you pick your grapes, they come in, and you press them, mm-hmm. and you take the juice and within you a day ferment immediately. It. Yeah, pretty much immediately. Quickies you might let can. them soak for a bit to you know get a bit of texture and um, a bit of wild yeast. A bit of that, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not much bird poo, I hope.
1: Well, I would try and leave that out. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> raptors, spiders, mm. small lizards. Well, there would be goes. when you when you're, yeah. when you're shaking okay. or you. I guess you're getting that stuff, aren't
1: you? You are, you are. But a bit of wildlife. Yeah, I think more so when you're machine harvesting, we handpick it most of what we put through. Mm.
0: All,
1: yeah, all all so far, all of what we put through here, we handpick. Mm. Um, we do machine pick some of the fruit that um, gets sold. Um, Which is fine, but hand-picking does mean you get it slightly cleaner. Um, And then we put it along a sorting table and we pick off the large spiders and other things. Mm. I don't actually do that myself. Um, Johnny does that. Who does Johnny? Johnny does that, and I scream. Does he get bitten? (laughs) He wouldn't care. (laughs) He is his teeth.
0: (laughs) He would, (laughs) I
1: reckon. Yeah, he's... He's
0: He's very authentic. He
1: is. He really is the real deal. He really is.
0: (laughs) So spiders off.
1: Yep.
2: On Um, the conveyor belt. On
1: the conveyor belt, up the little thingamy, jingamy, and into the press and press off the juice, get it into a tank, and then you have your primary fermentation turning sugar into alcohol and then you may or may not choose to put that wine through that secondary fermentation stage that all red wine goes through. So instead of doing that, we thought let's um, take the stems off and just have the berries and let's ferment um, as, as whole berry like you would do with a red wine.
0: So you didn't so – You didn't do the pressing of, the of, juice out Uh Ah, so just taking the juice off and get yeah. you actually
1: – We just put all the berries and, in fact, I was – I love different vessels – um, as you can see up there, we've got mm. tulips and eggs and amphoras. And I um, managed to find a quivery from Georgia. Someone had brought them in to the country from someone in Sydney was selling them.
0: Are they those um, terracotta? Yeah,
1: they're terracotta and they're, ch- they're shaped mm. like a sort of teardrop. Mm. Um, and um, I was able to get one of those over here. And, and, and they do make white wine in them in Georgia. Um, so, we just um, can't, we just we we just put the berries into that. You know, we, you you sort of macerate a them yeah. a bit, yeah. yeah. So that that so that I've got a bit of juice going on, mm. and and Johnny said this didn't come with a lid. Um, he wasn't that impressed <laughs> with right. the quavery. I fair to say, <laughs> and yeah. I said, well, you, you'll work it out. So he went to Bunnings and got a plastic f- flower pot base and some. Some Play-Doh.
0: <laughs> and, um, he got from his play box. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 um, oh, it's food grade, so that made a lot of sense. So we sealed it up and um, managed to, it, it off it went, fermenting and um, and having a happy time.
0: Is it airtight? Is yeah, it it is. yeah, it is. It airtight. is. So it's doing its stuff.
1: It is, but it did grow this sort of floor like you'd get on a sherry um, that, that protected it. Um, so, so we didn't put any sulphur or anything like that. Um, we just let it do its thing in there, and it was—it's been fascinating. And we've—we've—we've we've, we've now done. We've had two. Now this is our third vintage of making Semion like that, and people love it.
0: What colour is it?
1: It's it's yeah it's it's white wine colored okay, with a yeah. tiny tinge of what the one that we were left in there for nine months has gone you know sort of well it's not on orange wine because it's been it we sulfur before we bottle but it has got that hue that slightly orange hue to it yeah, cool. and to me it's delicious um, it's got texture and savory and um I think you know it's just it was that was I suppose that was a uh, are different things to do.
0: And you're still allowed to call it, um, what was it? Sem- Semillon. Semillon. Yeah. You used yeah. to, I mean, because that's the grape variety. That's the grape variety. Not necessarily yeah. what comes up the other, you know, like that's it's still because it's, it's the grape variety yep. and just because it's been created a different way, it's still sold as that yeah, kind of wine. Yeah, it is. It still fits that category. Yeah, 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 okay.
1: yeah. Actually, the one that we did, we put a little bit of um, stuff that's grown on the fence line on the road and that's got some uni blanc and Riesling in it. So... We call that a field white because it's a white from the field.
0: Yeah, nice. Mm. And would would someone taste that who's um, used to a particular that particular style and go, "Hang on, this is you, this is not that's this is different," you know?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, they would think this is different. This is not what You're I'm used to. Yeah this this is not what I'm used to tasting with Semyon. Yeah, right. um, and
0: does that throw people out a bit?
2: Um, I
1: oh. Yeah, oh uh, look, I think with the people that we are selling into, like the, the restaurant guys, the somms, wine bars, I probably uh, think that's cool. They love it. Yeah, they love it. So, and and when people try things, and when we show people here in the tasting room, they they they're really open. They're in a happy place. Point of, point of difference. Yeah, I guess. yeah. So yeah. I think it's, and, and look, we like with everything in the wine business, um, it's lots of people do this kind of thing.
0: They're, they're, they're pushing the envelope. Yeah,
1: I think people are, um, but it's not a, it's not something you see much in the Barossa, but certainly in, up in the Adelaide Hills, there's a lot of that.
0: Are you considered weirdos here? Cause you're no. doing these things? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, your will now. <laughs> I don't know. Oh God,
1: I don't know what we're considered. No, I think, I think, um, actually i i re- i think we are a a, a deeply barossa place yeah. um and i've i've had nothing but but really positive um interaction with my with with fellow barossans who've mm. those who've been here for many many generations the Barossanese, i like w- to call the knees, mm. and they and and we're brand new but i think people just have to come here and look at the changes that we've made to what was a very rundown Old place, um, and we've restored health and and beauty, and and who can deny the benefits of that?
0: I have to say, I have not um, stood still for too long since we've been here. Angelica and I were here for a couple of days. Um, uh, I did a, um, a talk at the um, uh, Barossa Cellars there. Um, thank you, Nikki and Sarah, for arranging that. And so, so speaking with with um, uh, grape growers and winemakers there, and. Koleskis and, you know, quite a few other um, people in the neighbourhood and they couldn't be more um, complimentary right. about what you guys are doing. I mean, there were a few that said some nasty <laughs> things. No, they didn't. Now, to, to, uh, what I'll are, find <laughs> out <who they> <laughs> <laughs> We will have them removed. Yes. <laughs> they will no longer be a Borosanese. They will not. They'll be...
1: All those generations get, <laughs> that will have done nothing. for It doesn't count for
0: anything. <laughs> Actually, that is quite. But it's a bit like Borough. You've got to be here for three or four generations before you can yeah. see the Local.
1: I have, I have, I have never even set my sights on becoming burroson because no. I know I'm too old and, you know, it's. I mean, I just didn't get here. Mm. I mean, in fact, my great grandparents didn't get here. So <laughs> no, I don't.
0: That's right. I'm, I'm. You're a couple of generations too late. I am. I am. Yeah. Um, now, what I'd like to talk about too, t- talking about sort of points of difference is, mm. you know, and, and you've, you you gave Hamish and I, um, well, yourself and Dan gave Hamish and I a bit of a, a tasting last night um, of some wine, particular wine mm-hmm. that you had sort of talked about or, or more the, the sort of the, um, some of the management practices and, mm-hmm. you know, um, the day before. Can we,
1: yeah, absolutely. excuse me,
0: dig into that? Because I think it's not just a point of difference. For me, it was blew my mind what you guys are doing because it was like, yeah, of course, you'd be doing that, you know, talking, you know, we're referring to soil and, you know, the the characteristics that one can achieve and create and amplify mm. and identify in a wine. Tell us what now that I've talked it up. Tell yeah. us what you no what I'm even talking about. <laughs> I think it's fascinating.
1: I think I know what you're talking.
0: about. Yeah, where we're we going. <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, I was I was showing you through a our Grenache um, polygon lines, mm. which is is very different um, to what um, anyone really I think is doing in terms of the ex, um, extent of detail that we're going into with this particular part of the project here. Uh, again, Alberto had a friend um, has a friend still um, called Pedro and Pedro Para who's a truly fascinating guy um and uh, uh, from Chile um and but has become over the last few years what 10 20 years really the the authority on looking at how soil and rock informs texture and taste of wine um and
0: that's cool. Yeah, now, soil fair, and rock informs texture and taste.
1: Yeah. So the French would call this terroir. And it's a very important term in certainly in France but a, a, all over the wine world and I I think it's we we really are now living in a time when this is a word with huge meaning because it it talks about really going back to the land that you have and that you farm and how you understand the changes in that land from really one patch to the next. I mean, scientists would call it patch dynamics. We call it terroir in the wine business.
2: Looking for more information to assist your regenerative journey? Come join Charlie and his guests around The Kitchen Table, an online community of supporters with exclusive access to the regenerative journey interview transcripts, live online Q&A sessions, a chance to engage with other like-minded people and more. Go to www.charliearnott.com.au forward slash the kitchen table. And we look forward to sharing a yarn with you. Now let's get back to this week's episode.
0: I guess the French and, and, and you know the rest of the world stole that phrase. Yeah, it sounds cool. Mm. Um, they've been using that for years and years. Yeah, uh, in 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 the, the 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 wine in the bottle is a reflection of the soil. But you guys have taken it to yes. another level.
1: We have. Um, well, we've been quite. We've we've. I suppose we don't have. You know, oh, we don't have hundreds of years of, um, f- of farming on this particular piece of land, like some, like, like in Burgundy, for example, where multi, multi generational families understand that this row here on, on, on Jean Pierre's hill is different to the next row down, which is on Claude's hill. So, you know, obviously that two very different wines at two different, very different prices. And, and that's just a very commonly understood thing that happens in 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 Europe, certainly. And we wanted to, I suppose, understand that more quickly than we would have a hundred years or five hundred years to do it in because well there's not time. Mm. Um, mm. We want, to want we want to know now. And so Pedro uh, started we started the process by having the whole farm scanned with electrical conductivity scanning. Where it basically maps out where we have rock and clay versus sand and silt under the ground, um, and we have a we have a creek that runs through the centre of the property. And what we were able to see there was that we have mm. we have yeah. um, <laughs> bloody microphone <laughs> 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 we have. We have sandy, silty um, stuff on one side, which mm-hmm. is which is great. Uh, got, grows good, rich Shiraz. Um, and then on the other side, and, and that's
0: near the creek, and
1: that's, that's near fair. the creek. So we we it's 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 alluvial younger soils that would have come down with um, water movement. Mm. Um, and over
0: many years. over
1: many years, mm. and long, and and I'm talking a long time ago as well. Um, but then on on the other side of the creek, on the western side we've got very old uh, weathered rock um, mm. and clay oh, a that? that's a combination of clayel. soil and clay it's so
0: unique here it's, you've got your own
1: it's not shale and it's clay. not clay and it's not soil it's clayal
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it you heard it here that's, first you this geologist.
1: this is a new terroir in australia <laughs> announced today called clayal <laughs>
0: It's going to be, it's going to be so, it'll be in all good wine stores in about three years time. Look out. <laughs> well, Dan's going to love that. Gonna, he's going to die. Just, why did I put you on there? Why did you, I, I let this happen? You, well, you're better than you, 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 me. you do down. a better job than him anyway, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I'd be hanging around. Well, he like, went to Oxford. Checking. He
1: would be able to nail this without making oh, that kind yeah. of that kind of, terrible <laughs> of course. <mistake. laughs>
0: okay, Claire. Back got, to Clale. Got this Cool stuff for Clayle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, he where with rocks. Yeah. So on the western side, we've got rocks and clay mm. and soils. So interesting. And I, I the first time I saw this property, I loved. The hilliness of it Um, because I think where there are hills there's more diversity you you, you know you just know that I think instinctively that and you see it if you if you visit any wine region or any areas of, of viticulture around the world you can see that hills always create diversity underground so naturally on the side of the river that was hilly we've got rocks and and what Pedro said um and has it has really explained to us is that rocks are interesting, finds that grow in rocks properly. We you get tension, you get minerality, you get energy and the voltage that we were always looking for and that Alberto was always talking about.
0: Voltage, that's kind of voltage. Ex- yeah. Can you explain? That's d- an Albertoism. Is it so? Voltage meaning energy or sort of like <coughs> life or what's voltage? Well, I, exactly?
1: Look, I think going back to to maybe just even when you simply eat a tomato that is homegrown. Mm. You get that energy and flavor which is so different and is there as opposed to the supermarket bland bland okay. red water. Yep. And it's and it's even more of a thing with grapes because grapes are, are a particular fruit that can that ends up with, with huge layers of complexity if, if grown well. Um, I'm not sure what would happen if you fermented a tomato, but I don't want, really want to think about
0: that. No. Um.
1: <laughs> y- yuck.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, nice. But, uh, you know, and Hamish <clears throat> certainly talked about that a lot um, over these last two days about fruit. Um, mm. with, And I, I do think about that as energy in flavour. Um, And I think that's what, that's certainly what we've been trying to achieve here. Because if, if your, if your fruit doesn't have flavor and energy and that, that special thing you get when you grow something in a healthy place and in healthy soil, you won't make great wine. It's impossible.
0: Mm. Is it like a vibrance or a.
1: Yeah, it's like
0: a. Yeah, I, I, yeah.
1: I suppose, um, some people would say they can taste a sort of. I'll get into that when we talk about the different mm. types of rock, but it's being able to make a connection with rock through through tannin mm-hmm. as well because tannins are really important um, tannin, tannin gives wines a a three-dimensional flavor as opposed to a just a flat, sweet alcohol thing mm-hmm. um. So anyway, Pedro came out and we put in a whole lot of soil pits. So we had the maps. Pedro came and we, and told us, um, wh- wh- where to put the pits and we put them all in and he started going through and observing. And he can't, you can't do this unless you do the pit bit. You can get, you, you've got the, your mm. map from the scanning and then you've got to put the pits in and he needs to stand and observe what the roots are doing from the vines in these pits and where they are living and how they are functioning. And then we can talk about irrigation. We can talk about um, things to do in the winery. Um, and so that, that's, it's not just, well, here's your vine and that's, here's a piece of geology. It's actually going, well, in his experience, um, Grenache grown on schist and clay is going to have big flavour. And, and and we're dealing with a hot climate, grey rocks, red clay, hot, hot, hot. Mm. Everything's hot. And he will say, let's cool this with a whole bunch. So we we put stems into the fermentation and that gives it a freshness. So his knowledge mm. as well as Alberto's helped us to understand how to make fascinating wine from... What we'd grown, which was already great and 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 interesting but how to get the best I suppose out of our situation, which is determined by rock
0: and soil which sounds pretty unique that the, 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 the rock i mean the the you know the, the, the patch the, the the corner the you know that part of the vineyard is is obviously you know, consideration that's um, that's the block that a particular wine might be made from, but to actually dig a hole based on those maps and yeah. then cuz i imagine that one whole even in the same part of the map that's that the map is telling you is the same that could be different as well is that is that fair to say they reasonably similar. You've got the blue bit on the map, and that's it's pretty oh, much. Oh no,
1: he so he's he wants to put the soil pits in where where, the, where it changes on the map, so oh, on the boundaries, okay. okay, so that he can see mm. what the what is happening from one spot to the next. It you know, and sometimes two sides of the soil pit, if we get in the right spot, will be completely different.
0: different. Isn't that cool? Boundary,
1: boundary. So we aren't we looking at the edges? And so he,
0: if you're not it, living on the edge, you're. You've, you've, you're wasting your time. you are absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool so, so
1: yeah he 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 defined these things we call polygons um, which are unbelievably small um mm. so in one, 1. 1.3 hectare block of grenache we've got four polygons and so
0: they're like they're just defining areas they're are just they? d- yeah.
1: irregular shapes mm-hmm. um and then he said, "Now you will pick it and separately, and mm. ferment it separately, and then we'll see." And so, the limestone is kept separate, and that's—I mean—that makes us anywhere between 400 and 700 liters a year, which is—I mean—no one makes a wine that's that small in quantity. I mean, they do, but they're just mad like us. I that's, suppose. that's
0: a very small batch.
1: It's, it's one. It's a barrel. I mean it's mm-hmm. a four hundred it's a it's a it, we bought a five hundred litre old barrel mm. um so that there was no oak character left. It's what we call a neutral barrel and we had it reshaped. Um you just take some staves out and a guy does it and and it and made into a four hundred litre yeah, cool. to fit the amount that we've made from Polygon three. And so that's that's all there was of that wine. And it depends on the season, of course. Um and, and, and so we keep, we keep, we keep polygon three, which is limestone with a little bit of schist. And we keep polygon five, which is schist and clay separate because they stand out. Mm. Wines for their unique characters that are so reflective of those rock types. And then others we blend together because they look better together. So we sort of take, a block apart, mm. according to rock. Then we look at putting it all back together again, and doing bit. and experimenting and doing blending, mm. and we then define whether or, or decide whether or not it looks better together or apart. Uh, and it's and it's absolutely fascinating.
0: And that's in a block um, <laughs> where you're doing that is in uh, um, what is it,
1: 1. 1.3, 1.3 hectares in that.
0: Block. Um, and that's part of a bigger block. It is. That is three hectares. Three hectares, yes. which in traditional, you know, once upon a time, that would have been all harvested as one and gone in the thing and oh, turned yeah. into a, yeah. Um, yeah. or probably half the, half the, well, you half would just, the vineyard. Yeah, I mean,
1: you do, you do multiple blocks mm. in in one lot of harvesting and they all go together. All go together
0: and that, yeah. that turns into the wine of the that wine season. Of, yeah, that's right. From that, yeah. That, that variety. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you're really breaking it down into literally yeah. reflecting of the the micro parental rock map yeah. situation, yeah. which is which is kind of as I said earlier on, preempting that is like, but isn't that like, isn't that that's 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 true terroir, isn't it? Like that's
2: yeah, Otherwise, it it's
0: otherwise. And I'm not being critical of other winemakers, and because that's just a traditional thing to do, but it's sort of you you know, there's some degree of homogenate homogenization when you think about the, the, the diversity that that is in those grapes before they get turfed in together.
1: Yeah. Look, it, it it's it's it is a very um, specific kind of project, and um, it's not something that. Everyone can or would be interested in doing. Um, it's where we're at because Mm. we're interested in, you know, the land is timeless and, and we're not. So we should be making wines that are at least a reflection of, of the land because it'll, it'll last forever if we look after it. Um, Mm. but I think, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I think people are a little bit jaded by the concept of, oh, this this is, you know, a wine aimed after my winemakers, the winemaker's dog, and, and it's kind of cool. and it, What is, is that? What is that? That's, that's, that's fine. But I think serious wine, mm. um, really serious wine, has to be about the land mm. and about our understanding of it and our ongoing quest to know it and nurture it um, and and for me, it's 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 much more rewarding than I suppose trying to promote a personality around wine of, of a human, which 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 we which of course is is common, but ultimately it's the land. We have to get back to the place. The
0: the the the, the wine is the voice of that land in a way, yeah, isn't it? It it's, is. It talks it's the, to the.
1: It's the expression
0: and the taste. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think if we, if you see, if you can see a person in that, then we've sort of, we've, we've slightly failed the land. Yeah. It, yeah, and that's not necessary because the result I think from land will be better mm. um, if we let. And that's that goes back to Alberto talking about how to do less in order to get that authentic. Expression of the place. Don't
0: put any barriers up for that to be expressed. Yeah, like, like, that's like the, right. The oak, you know, yeah. you know sort of homogenising or making a overriding the, the, the natural natural characters by just applying which, a which, layer of oak.
1: Yeah, and and which new oak will do, especially on a variety like Grenache. Mm. Some varieties can stand up to it more, but I want to when I taste a wine, I want to taste the, the 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 rocks and the mm. the the, the voltage of the place. Mm. The, I want to, I want to taste a wine that I think is has been kind of plugged into a place and I, and, and is different because of that. You can, you know everybody can buy the oak from the same cooperage and it's it, it's what what what's the point in doing all of this in our vineyard if it's all just going to taste like new oak? Mm.
2: Um,
1: and I think what's really interesting as well about Alberto is that he's along with the doing less he also talks about making wine if you make wine that's authentic to the place you're not chasing the market and i think that's really that 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 comes back as well to it people will find it and the market will 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 find it mm. there will be a market but if you chase the market you're then changing yourself and your place you're trying to adapt to, to to make people to make something you think will, will will work. But markets have trends and you know, I think you, you if you can stick to that authentic idea, it's you will you will you will get there.
0: Your relationship to the landscape is not just economic. No. You know, grow grape, sell yeah. it, make money. It's um it's ecological. Yeah. It's, you know, it's energetic. Yeah. It's yeah. geological. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's now swing to what are the, some of the things you, you guys are doing here, which is um, nurturing your landscape. Um, you talked about sort of stepping away <laughs> or doing less. What are, what are the sort of other on-ground things that you and the team are doing that are, that are sort of, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um- we have we've got a we've got a creek line that runs through the mm. property, so that's important because it's a sort of nature corridor uh, and a water course. Uh, well, it would have been, um, but it's been there are a lot of dams upstream, so we don't. I have often, not seen
0: one creek no. since I've been here running or even have watered uh, any water. I did cross a river, and I say river dubiously somewhere between here and Clare on Sunday right. that had some puddles of water in it. And it was it looked like a pretty it would have been a reasonably large river <coughs> in its when it's had water in it. But that I was fascinated there's yeah. just no running water.
1: Well, it, it's a dry place. Mm. Um, and and we have had a couple of very dry years and um, I think we thought last year was a normal season but actually it was it was still dry. And it's it's a it's a dry place, South Australia. And I, but there is, there is a lot of damming upstream from here, um, which is a shame. Um, but we, we do, in a wet year, we do see water come through. And, um, we have on that creek line, we have removed all of the non-native species, which took, it was a lot, um, of olive and, um, dog Rose, boxthorn and we've taken all of that out and we work with the well, they were called the NRM um, I've got another name now and mm. they have provided us with a lot of, um, a lot of native grasses that we've now put in along the creek line <coughs> um, and we are about to get another lot of slightly larger um, bushes that will be at the you know sort of next level higher up from that. And we have planted about two and a half thousand trees around our new dam, um, which is work. Most of which are working pretty well. We've still got a bit of non-native stuff in there that needs to come out. Um, We have we did a we did a project with the trying to um, create uh, places for the native Australian blue banded bee. Um, We put about twenty little bee hotels. Oh, no. Around the property, what do they, um, what do
0: they eat? What are they? What do they forage on? Is if you got that, that? You got food? We don't in?
1: have food in, in in the hotels. It's not that kind of <laughs> hotel. It's more a hostel. <laughs> but a, what's
0: in the environment that, that is encouraging them to stick around? You have got somewhere to stay now? Yeah, I've got
1: somewhere to stay and and have, yeah. lay your eggs. That's the main thing. Is yeah, that, that, okay. that they get? Um, we need to. They Shelter. need to be able to yeah have a place to do that. Um, mm. They're solitary. And they love um, blue and purple flowers. So Mm. that back garden there is – all the gardens are full of the colour of flowers and the types of of plants that blue-banded bees love. Yeah, cool. And we – in summer, we have hundreds of them here Mm. in this garden. Mm. And it's amazing to see. They seem to kind of coexist with the European honeybees. Um, Yeah, cool. um, They
2: fight over that flower.
1: No, no, no. I I would say that the – Blue-banded bees come and go pretty quickly, though. Mm. They sort of seem to be around for a month or so. Yeah. Um, and then they go off and, and think about the next life, I suppose. Um, and we have oh, – we're doing some uh, – oh, we did it. We did a, an extensive insect survey a couple of years ago to set a baseline. And the guy who did it i um, we've actually got now a sample of almost all of the insects, but there were 11,500. Unique insects on this property. Get out of here! Amazing, really? incredible! I couldn't believe it. I thought 11,500 11,000
0: different, different. How long did it take on, mate with his net running <laughs> around trying to catch them? <laughs> Pin them on a board. It. I, get, I do that. I
1: like a year to get the report because really? I think it took him so long to compile the data. Incredible! So I've actually got like little t- tubes full of spiders in a box that he collected. That blows my mind. And it's it's incredible. How many acres? He did it on the on the on the sixty hectares we've got here. Yeah, and he mainly oh he went all over. He had the yellow sticky stuff, and he had a net, and he had all sorts of traps and (laughs) stuff.
0: Did he have a whistle to try and attract them or something?
1: (laughs) I didn't like to get into that. (laughs) Um,
0: Had a suit. He dressed up like something.
1: He had a he had a headpiece. I think I'm not
0: sure. <laughs> what does it look like like a big bee? No, or, a, or was it a spider?
1: <laughs> he was not in fancy dress. <laughs> um,
0: he. I'm not trying to take the piss out of him. I think it's he, fascinating it was, that did, someone he, can actually collect that. Well, bee. he
1: was just so thorough. That was the thing. He was not going to stop until every last insect. So I guess
0: I also have those. They make the traps in the ground. You know, they make those little. They literally, you know, things that scurry and don't necessarily fly. You know, they scurry across the ground and they slip into a like a trap. I've seen yeah. them before. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the the ground dwelling ones. That's incredible. Yes. And, and and look, that's a real credit. And I don't know what the benchmark is, but that seems like a shitload. And that in any event is a wonderful indication of health.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I reckon.
1: Yeah. We well that's what he that's what um he thought as well. Uh. But I think the point is to what what he what he what he did do was say you need to have a bit less of these and and some more of these, and um, I think that comes down to continuing to develop areas of um, of tree and bush and grass um, patches so that there are sort of more islands within the vineyard than we've got and.
0: More like refugees. Yeah, refuges. Yeah, right. So of the, what was he suggesting? Bushes and shrubs.
1: Yeah, and we <laughs> wanted we I, the couple of areas that we want to do Christmas, the Christmas bush. Oh yeah, it's called, mm-hmm. and they are very apparently. I know um, Prehensky's worked a lot with that, and they're very beneficial. Um, they're very good at attracting the right insects within yeah, totally. vineyards. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll we'll redo that insect survey in a few years just to see how it changes, and that's the amazing thing about yeah. having a benchmark is it's your baseline, yeah. and now we can watch over the years how we what we do and how what we do changes those populations. Um, and, and again,
0: based on his advice and uh, a bit of this and bit that, I mean, if you can crank down, I mean, not that you'd want to rest on your laurels, but gee whiz, that's a pretty pretty high standard to start with. I yeah. imagine yeah. any any. Yeah. Um, what are insect um, insect people called um, uh, off, off. Uh, entomology? Yeah, yeah Entomologists. Any entomologist out there can tell us that that's a that's how if that's good or not. Then I'd be interested to know. Yes, because that just seems like a shot load. Well, um, well, I'm he- sure there'd be some farms. There wouldn't be eleven thousand individual insects on their farms. No, just because of potentially the not stuff because they're, they're of sprung. the yeah,
1: and, and I think. The the guy who owned the property before us was um a he he'd he wasn't big in he didn't use any chemical um and he had moved away so he'd it was the it was legacy was, of it, it had really yeah, hadn't been sprayed of. um for we don't know exactly how many years but mm-hmm. they'd they just it was it was a slightly um, abandoned place in mm-hmm. a way so mm-hmm. it or neglected I think is more the word. Um, so we had, so, which was, which was a great benefit to us because mm. we don't have that history of, of chemical use here. I'm
0: not having to undo that. No. So what else? Um, using biodynamics? You've yep. been in a for been. some years. We down.
1: have. Yeah. yeah. David Paxton was our first viticultural advisor here and he, um, encouraged it. Alberto encouraged it. Um, and we, we, we were certified. In 2018, so we really, from the very beginning, we started using mm-hmm. the the 500 and 501.
0: And what what, what was the what was the, who or what was the catalyst for going? Yep, we we just want to you know David come here and give us some tips. or What was the was it advice? Someone said, "Oh, you should," or you'd read about oh, it, or what was the sort look, of catalyst?
1: It was definitely Alberto, and and also um, the owner Alejandro is very. Um, much um, of the view that if you can you must be organic at least mm. um, so that's a I think that's a sort of general policy and a, and, a, and, a, and a mode of operating within mm. our br- broader wine business um, and and Alberto was very much you I mean and, and it made sense to me I mean I had to I had to learn about mycorrhizal fungi in order to make that connection between why the plugged in vine needed to be organic at least because it we need those populations of of that microbial life going on in the soil to be feeding it mm. um, and in order to get the complexity that we're looking for and and the and the uniqueness of place that we're looking for so I think you know Alberto always said you you can't you it's a hot dry climate you can be organic and then David Paxton was a great choice because of his organic practices, but he was also biodynamic. So he just said, "You know why not?" And I and mm. I and I suppose I'm I'm at kind of at that point also where it's sort of more not why but why not?
0: Yeah. Well, as Hamish says, you know, you'd be mad not to. Yeah. Given given the sort of the you know, it's it's cheap. It's cost you know, cost effective. It's a lot of it is to do with you know stepping out, and it's a, it's a philosophy of less less is more, um, yeah. and you know the the use of of ingredients that you source from the farm, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I bang on about it for two days. Yeah, I of it days, it, but, you know, it makes, it, sense it to makes
1: total sense to me, and yeah. I I think um, it's it it just it just makes sense. Um, I I like. I like the idea that we have an opportunity to make our own—I um, suppose not stimulant, but that's not the right word—but uh, something that we can use to help our soils um, develop that that life in them, the water retention that we so desperately need to be able to develop here. Um, you know, that's that's that makes total sense as well. Anything that saves us water, in in this mm-hmm. part of the world, is is just a. Uh, it's just there's just no excuse. I don't think.
0: And as we talk about, it's an offering, isn't it? It's an it offering is, of, it is, of, yeah. of yeah, it's a substance, but is yeah, it the answer? Is it an energetic side of it? There's a it's a it's a it's a sign of compassion. You know, it's a it's a give back. It's an yeah, acknowledging it of it a, is it is what it's yeah nature's giving us.
1: I think instinctively, it just feels kind of right.
0: Mm. Um what else felt kind of right in the last couple of days? Any other sort of nuggets of gold that you that you stumbled upon? That, that, oh my bum sore. Oh. <laughs> it's getting cold. Better shift around yeah. there. Any other any um, nuggets?
1: Gosh, there were so many. Um it's really hard to pull out specific things. I'd I'd already done an introductory course, mm. but it was quite a while ago now. Um and I, but it was good to have that base understanding um, and because I think when you first do this, you go, whoa that's what what Saturn yeah. and the moon and mm. so having that baseline understanding and and having been doing it here for five years um, I was I felt like I had I wasn't starting from scratch, and I could get into more of the complex um, areas. Mm and and i found the, the the um session today on understanding the calendar really useful because it that is one complex um piece of kit and so that was great to go through that and it's just those small things like don't don't do this during a full moon or a new moon just yeah. just avoid that yeah. and and that Some was basics. really interesting just and and you know the 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 Saturn opposing Moon is is mm. t- is super interesting as well, mm. I think. And and looking at that, that planetary and and re- I'm just really again I'm, I'm early days in going to that next level of understanding about biodynamics. Um, so you know I think it's good. I think it's good for um, my my guys mm. who sat in on it. Yep. Um, they they were really keen to. Do that. They wanted to be involved, and they—they were, they were very engaged. I thought with it as well. Totally. Um, yeah, I—I I, I think also what I think what was really really great about Hamish was that the constant eighty percent. I took away the eighty percent rule.
0: Eighty percent of something's better. Is than better than, 100%, than nothing. nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I really like that, and I think. Um what did you say perfection is the
0: enemy of enemy progress, of progress. Mm. another which is uh, which is a not dissimilar yeah similar concept yeah, and
1: that's i do i think we need to we we need to to be like we we have to think that way give it a shot yeah just give it a go and i'm going to do i'm going to take that bag of stuff um mm. to my um Your to my God. garden actually
0: I think you
2: should.
1: We've just ripped out everything, and about to have new shed and fence put in, and so we're going to have to replant, and it's going to be a it's going to be a biodynamic garden. It's this. Yeah, nice it's, one. It's not huge, but it's you
0: know. And you'll do it soon, like like yeah yeah get a, yeah get it yeah. prep for whatever then goes in and whatever exactly goes on yeah. There.
1: yeah yeah yeah. Oh, nice so fine.
0: yeah. Now tell me, I'm um, just conscious of the time. Mm. Sun is definitely gone. Yeah. There are members or attendees of our mm. um, of our course waiting. Mhm uh, so I'd say very patiently at the pub, i oh, would yeah. be probably happy if we were another hour. Um, what are you um, anything you're irate about at the moment? Just <coughs> get back to Amelia oh. I've been talking about our, our for a while. What about you oh, anything you're God. irate about um I don't wanna know about Russell and you know <laughs> stuff anything <laughs> you know in the My world kids, look, yeah. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> no, okay, that's another show. No, like, you know, in the industry, um in the in the of the Barosanese peoples, I don't know. No government.
1: No, I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not a really irate person. Um
0: You don't have to be all right bit,
1: uh, Yeah, look I don't I'm I've got don't things make it up. I I've got things that concern me mm-hmm. um, that are going on in the world I mean the, you know there's so much um I'd, I, I'd I'd like to see a I'd like to see a better better progress in um, reconciliation mm-hmm.
0: in this country hey we can um, get to that between Did our
1: first didn't? people and a, a, and a, you know between many people in this country I'd like to see that um, and I think there's a there's there's a big conversation, but that's something that I think I think as guardians of of for me as a as a kind of guardian of a mm. piece of land uh, on behalf of the owner, um, Alejandro. I I would I I certainly think that the deep connection that we're trying to achieve and that we want to achieve is. Something that I would love to have more inform informing from uh, from its indigenous past than 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 I think we that we have or can can have access to or have are at the point where 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 that conversation is happening naturally in Australia mm-hmm. in, in the mainstream. So, um. I I think we've we've just got so much work to do there.
0: You have been doing some work in that space, so because you, you had a visitor on Saturday.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was wonderful. Um, Auntie Pat Warrior Reed came out to talk to Dan and myself. Um, uh, she's uh, a Nadjari elder, and um, it was just it was the first time that we've managed to have uh, an elder um, of the um, traditional owners of this country here. I uh, enjoyed so much having the chance to talk to her. Um, She's a very, uh, very just a very beautiful person. Um, We uh, we had a drive around. We sat up on on top of the hill and looked out over the country. And um, and yeah, we talked about listening out, listening, keeping our minds and our ears open. for those ancestors and for You got a few here. For those for those men down chattering down on the creek line. Mm. Um, and you know, it was just a really it was it was it really resonated with me and I just I suppose my great hope is that my children see our indigenous history as their history. And that's where I think we have to get to. We've got to stop thinking about them as two
0: separate things,
1: um, and and I do think I I, I think there's 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 great there, I have great hope that, mm. that that will come.
0: Optimistic. Yeah, yeah. We kind of has to in a way, otherwise we're not.
1: It. it yeah. we, I, I, we. We have to
0: in mm. order to go forward. Hmm.
1: Is my feeling. to be
0: fair, not not just to be fair, but just to be respectful, but just just to be. To be, uh, what's the word? Not the best we can be, but just to be. I mean, why would we? Why wouldn't we? You know, we're we're all the same. Um, you know, we're we are we are of one race, the human race. You know, and and um as 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 those who are currently the stewards of the landscape to be ignoring the. <clears throat> thousands of years of history and the and the experience and the wisdom of, yeah. of management of this this would be would yeah. be foolish.
1: I I, I I agree. Mm. I think we they've they've got. have just there's so much for us to learn. Um, I I I can understand though that you know as Hamish was saying yesterday it's it's not it's not that easy um, to get that conversation going. No. You know, there's mistrust. There's there's a, a lot of, a, a big past there. Um, but uh, as I said to Artie Pat, um, there are lots of people like me who want to talk to people like you. Mm. Um,
0: it's just th- 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 that, that line of sight is not clear though, is it? No,
1: no, no. Mm-hmm.
0: And there are, <coughs> you know, there are. There are um, people and organisations that are making that a little easier. I trust, and and um, and that's and that's really positive because once upon yeah. a time it would have been quite the opposite. Oh, you know
1: exactly. Um, but I just there needs to we need to find a way where we can we where we where we can open up these.
0: Mm. Well, Hamish is just a great one to, to talk to you about. Um, you know, I'm using the word etiquette, but it's not so much etiquette. It's just the it's just the approach. You know, yeah. like what's the yeah. the respectful understood. Acceptable approach to doing that, and I don't understand it either. And I'm feeling most underqualified, as I've said before, about you know being a farmer or being caring for landscape and the country. Um, you know, I feel very underqualified. A to <clears throat> not not to manage it, but to understand it, I'm still you know yeah. in the learning phase and um, uh, underqualified to to sort of um, you know talk on that level playing field I don't don't accept that I am you know because I I need to learn I'm also very conscious and I think this is you know something Hamish talks about too is that it's not a one-way thing it's not as us learning from them and it's not so much them learning from us it's more you know it's a how can we support how can we stand together and supporting each other you know indigenous cultures you know supporting our increased understanding but us yeah. supporting them in yeah, yeah. in 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 um I don't know, giving them opportunities, you know, like what um uh, Rebecca and, and Damien are yeah. doing with, with Wanda, you Amazing. know, and just sort of that's, yeah. that's that's and they're here doing the course yeah. and that's fantastic, you know, that yeah. sort of a collaboration.
1: Oh look they're a... they co
0: culture is what they're doing. Exactly, it. they
1: are. They are and, and they're a brilliant brilliant couple and and I think it's taken them a while to arrive at that. Mm. Idea and 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 for Rebecca to feel comfortable and 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 as if she can belong to that and so, you know that they, they are they are for me represents so much hope and um and um of how the future can mm. look mm. um and and I was talking to. To Rebecca and, um, Sonia, who brought up Auntie Pat about, you know, the potential to bring, um, young winemakers, um, from Indigenous backgrounds in to, you know, we, we, we we can't be hung up on stereotype. Um, we've, we've food and I think fine wine Mm. are, 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 that, that, that is about country are amazing platforms for, um, talking about similar interests and, and
0: motivations. It's a show. great, great conduit, a great platform. Yeah, yeah. did Indigenous um, people here um, in Australia, I know elsewhere, they sort of had sort of a, firm, a fermented or an alcoholic um, beverage and things. Do, do we know if that was? A I,
1: I have read that in in northern parts of Australia, yes, but mm. I, I just don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: i Yeah, cool. I'm mm. that, I'm, well, Rebecca and Daniel. Yeah, they, they would know, yeah. Hey, um, Amelia, this has been wonderful. We um, probably should wrap it up. Um, here's one last one for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Any um, – if you had um, – if you could put a billboard up beside the st- – is it Sturt? High- Sturt? Stuart? Yeah. Sturt. Sturt Highway? What's the one that goes north of Adelaide? Ah. Uh, Sturt. Oh, I always get them mixed up. Sturt. Stuart. Anyway, the big no, Sturt, highway. Sturt. Sturt. The big highway. Well,
1: I'm confused now. <laughs> it's, that way. it's just a road out there.
0: <laughs> the big road yeah, out, that big out road. the front. Yeah. Uh, big big, big yeah. billboard can say anything you wanted to say that was of value. Well, to those passers by, what would you oh, have God. on there? <laughs> um. A quote, question, statement. I. No rude pictures.
1: Um. Well, there is one that says Penfold. So. I, I, that probably wouldn't be my choice. Um, is that rude? Right? <laughs> <there is, laughs> that's rude. Is that no, rude? It's, been, it's been there for for decades. Right. Uh, it's a it's a piece of history. It's fine. Um, um I think I'd just put two words. My my to my favorite two words, mm-hmm. which are um, optimism and gratitude. And and I'd I'd just so that people could stop and think about those two words in a world of so much negativity. I come back to those two words with myself, with my kids. You know, where there's so much to be optimistic about, mm. and we've got to. We can't be pulled down. And there's also a lot to be grateful for. Totally. And um, so, that's not a really cool quote
0: that I. Have I'll worry. think
1: of one in the middle of the night.
0: <laughs> hey, can you replace that one? <laughs> well, I, for one, am yeah. uh, um, optimistic about what you guys are doing here and I'm grateful the fact that you've spent an hour and a half with me to the, to this afternoon. It um, was I, a pleasure. And I have to say what a wonderful um, uh, five is it Five days now, five days I've been here. But,
1: you, but you've, you've settled in.
0: I, are you not going to get me out of there. <laughs> no way. You have to get a bloody crowbar to get me out of there. <laughs> Um, and I've loved it and it's been fantastic and, um, and, and thank you so much for your time and thank Dan and Tim and Johnny for their and um, Cynthia and, oh Cynthia of course cooked up a feed yeah. and a half for the last couple of days she, she's, she's been the glue
1: that holds it all together
0: that is a way to a man's heart yep. is through his stomach and yep. she certainly did that um, so thank, thank you Cynthia and uh, we hope that's not the last feed we, we experience uh, of yours um,
1: I hope I hope so too Cool.
0: I reckon we'll come yeah. back and do some other stuff. Yeah. Work, we'll Be work great. that out. Yeah. Uh, maybe when it's a bit warmer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not, not. Don't come in the middle of summer though, because this, it's this, odd. this is.
0: Gets cooked. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, we'll get. We'll have co-
1: a pool. We'll have a pool. Oh uh, yeah. One day. I mean, I'm working on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a helicopter. Johnny wants a <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> oh, Johnny's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think you're right, Amelia. Thank you so much. That was wonderful.
1: Thank you, Charlie.
0: And next week on The Regenerative Journey, uh, you'll have the pleasure, and I had the pleasure, of speaking with Marcus Pierce at the farm at Byron Bay, um, near where Marcus lives. We spoke about his new book, Your Exceptional Life, uh, His Life, and what a motivated, enthusiastic, inspiring guy. Marcus Pierce, next week on The Regenerative Journey.
2: This podcast is produced by Rhys Jones at Jaeger Media. If you enjoyed this episode, Please feel free to subscribe, share, rate, and review. For more episode information, please head over to www.charliearnett.com.au